So God has made space for your Rehoboth to come to pass. Somebody say Rehoboth. God has made room for all of us. Once again, once again, we are here with an anointed panel this afternoon, giving God all the glory, all the honor and the praise for the thing that he have done in our life is something to assemble ourselves together with the saints. This is Pastor Thomas with Rehoboth Ministries Fireside Chat. Amen. And I hope you're listening and sitting on your own personal fire right now. I want to introduce the panels. Introduce yourselves, ladies. Hello, hello, listening audience. This is First Lady Alicia, and again, I am so happy to be with you on today with this fireside chat. I bought my fire, and I'm ready to talk about the Word of God. Amen. I'm so glad to be with you all on today. I am just glad for one more day, one more opportunity just to breathe God's air and to be amongst the living. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's get ready. Good evening, listening audience. This is Evangelist Angie, and I am too excited. I am lit. I'm on fire, and I can't (laughs) wait to hear what God is going to tell Pastor Thomas to tell us. So get ready, get ready, get ready. Hallelujah. (laughs) Good evening. I am Missionary Savetta Garvin, and as always, I'm excited. I'm energetic. I'm ready. I'm open to hear what thus said the Lord. So let's get around the fire and let it burn. Hello, this is Evangelist Shelley Garvin. I'm so excited about what God is doing in this fireside chat. Just stay tuned and enjoy as we are enjoying the word of God and just talking about the goodness of the Lord and his word. Awesome, awesome. We got a, a fiery panel, and and I love the fiery panel because that means we can take any fiery dart yes. that, the, that the devil sends our way because our fire is bigger than his fire. Yes. Can I get an amen? amen. Awesome, awesome. We're going to use an awesome portion of our last fireside chat, and we're going to take a segue from that. And the thing that we want to talk about today is confidence. And that seemingly is a minute topic, but it is of great significance to the people of God because the one thing that the enemy tries to remove from you and tries to steal or take from you is your confidence. And that's the thing that the saints of God should rest assured in. And I don't I want you to know this before we get into any of the word or any of the scriptures. Know who you are. Mm-hmm. Know whose you are. Yes. And do not let anyone steal your joy, take your faith, cause you to think less of yourself, cause you to doubt what God has placed on the inside of you. There's a seed on the inside. There's something that God has placed there. And I want you to understand that God's saying, hey, I want you to not only have confidence in you, but he says, I've got confidence in you. Why? Because I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of good and thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. 
So before we even go any further from Jeremiah in the 29th chapter, amen, God has given us expectations. And that's what I shout over because I expect to be blessed. I don't expect to be the tail. I expect to be the head. But this thing, confidence, it really means in the simplest terms to have belief in or have faith in or to trust. And we want to make this applicable to the saint that you will believe or have faith in what God has planted in you. You are connected to the vine. Yes. And if you're connected to the vine, you're connected to the source, not resources, but we're connected to the source. Man is a resource. God is the source. And we must not only have confidence in God, but confidence in yourself. Now, this is the first scripture we're going to go to. First John, the fifth chapter, verse number 14, as we talk about this thing, confidence. First John, the fifth chapter. Now, we're going to read verse 13. I always like to kind of give you uh, a little bit of a snippet of the scripture prior to the one we're going to. The apostle John says, these things have I written unto you, verse 13, that you might do what? Believe on the name of of the son of God. And this is what he said. Here is confidence. And this is where I want you to see this. Pay close attention. He says that you may know, know what? That you have eternal life. Not guessing, but he says, I want you to know what you have. Mm -hmm. And knowing what you have is being secure in what God has placed in you. It is really walking in assurance Mm -hmm. and faith in Jesus Christ. He says that you may know that you have. I got it. I know I got it. Ain't nobody can tell me that I don't have it. That you may believe on the name of the son of God. Verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him. Mm -hmm. So here it is. Here is the source of your confidence. Your confidence is where? In him. It comes from knowing or knowledge of him. It comes from walking in him. It comes from believing on him, believing in him, believing through him, believing anything that associates or attaches to Jesus Christ. My confidence is having it in him that if I believe in Christ, if we ask anything according to his will that he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Why do I have my petition? Because I have confidence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know when God is going to answer it, but I know he's going to answer it. I don't know how he's going to answer. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know where he's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it. And I don't care what you say or what you think. I know God is going to do the thing that he promised to do in my life. That is the confidence that I have in him. Now, look, look, look with me as we turn. Does anybody have any comments as before we go on to this confidence? Let's go to the 27th chapter of the book of Psalms. 
27th chapter of the book of Psalm. Awesome scripture. Everyone should be able to quote this scripture without even reading it. If you've been in church at any any significant amount of time, I'll put it that way for the babes in Christ. Bless your soul. (laughs) David says in Psalm 27, what does he say? The Lord is my what? Light. Not darkness, but when you come to the knowledge of Christ, you come in the light. You're no longer in the dark, but you are in the light. People that are in the light don't do things that people that are in the dark do. People that are in the dark, they stumble. But because I can see in the light, I'm not going to stumble. Preach, Pastor. Let me move on. The Lord is my light and he is my salvation. He's my savior. He's my deliverance. Amen. The Lord is the strength of my life. He says, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, what did they do? They came upon me to do what? Eat up my flesh cause you to doubt cause you to think that you're not who you are they came to eat up your flesh they came to dissuade you to discourage you to amen they came to cause you to think less of who you are but when they came because i'm in the light nobody can shake my faith they did what stumbled and fell though and host Surrounded by enemies should encamp against me. Doesn't matter how many they are, because the Bible says one can chase a thousand. Amen. So if a thousand people show up, amen, I'm here. That's all I need is me. And but when two of us get together, that one thousand has a multiplicative effect. It gets ten times stronger. Oh, preach, Pastor, by just one of y'all showing up. Ten of us, amen. Boy, I don't know what it'll be if ten of us. We could probably do a hundred thousand. <laughs> Though when host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, here it is. In this will I be confident. I'm confident that I have somebody on my side. I'm confident that I don't care who comes up against me, I'm confident that no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against me. What are you guys confident in? Y'all all talk to us. I don't want to get too excited. I want y'all to say some stuff. What are you confident in in God? Amen. Come on, one of y'all. God is a keeper of his word. If he said it, he's going to do it. And I found that personally to be true. And I continue to trust and believe God. Awesome, awesome. I'm confident in faith. Faith is the substance of things hopeful and evidence of things not seen. I know I may not see it, but I have enough faith to believe that God is going to do what he promised. Mm. Because his word, he said that his word shall not return into him void. So if he wrote it and he said it in his word, that's enough for me. And that's confidence in his word and knowing. I am confident that he will never leave me nor forsake me. So that's one thing I'm confident in because I know that people 
will leave you. People will forsake you. Mm. People will turn their back on you when you need them most. I don't care how much you've helped or whatever you've done for someone, they may still walk away. But one thing I know that Jesus will never leave me and never forsake me. He's always with me. And for that, I know, like you said, Pastor, the other week, I am never alone. All right. something to know that I'm never alone. Okay? For anybody out there that sometimes you feel like you're alone, you are never alone. If you have Jesus, you have a lot. Amen. You have enough. Amen. You have more than enough. Amen. So I thank God that I'm confident in knowing that he will never leave me, nor will he forsake me. Mm. Amen. I'm confident in knowing that he is a light. He is a light in my life in this very, very dark world. No matter which way I go, he's going to light the way for me to know and to walk in his truth, to knowing that I'm not alone. Just like First Lady said, I'm never alone and that he is with us and he'll never leave us. Awesome. Amen. Awesome. I love that about you guys because you're speaking to the audience based not upon hearsay, but on what you've experienced in God. And that's one of the most, if not the most important, important thing about a relationship is experiential relationship with God. But this is what the uh, David King David is confident in. He says right here, verse four, five, and six, he says, for one thing have I desired and that will I seek after in his confidence that I may dwell where? In the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Not just uh, periodically, but I want to dwell there always. I want to be with God and the people of God. Here is what he's confident in, verse five. For in the time of trouble, he said, God, he shall do what? Hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle mm-hmm. shall he hide me right. he's confident that in god he's hidden yes that when people try to seek him and the enemy tries to attack him he's hidden mm-hmm. now this is the thing about god that's so awesome you can be in plain sight and still be hidden <laughs> At the same time, that's that's the confidence of God. They could fire everybody on the job and you could be right next to the person that got fired last week and you still be hit. Not only will you be hidden, but you'll be the one to get a raise (laughs) because the confidence David says in the time of trouble, it will not affect me. I'm not going to experience what everybody else is because I'm going to be hidden in the secret of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. And then like Moses, he said, he shall set me where? Up upon a rock. And we talked about this even Sunday in the 33rd chapter of Exodus. He put Moses on a rock and then symbolizing the New Testament, he put him in the rock. Oh, let me move away from that. And he said, and now my head shall be. This is what I want everyone listening now in verse number six to do tomorrow, wherever you are, whatever you're doing today. When you listen, he says, and now shall my head be what? Lift it up. Hold your head up. Stop looking down. Stop allowing the enemy to shake your faith. Lift up your head above your enemies. 
offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. And look what he says. I will sing. Yes or yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord because my head up high and I know who I am and I am confident in God and nobody can destroy what God has planted on the inside of me. He tried to shake the confidence of Jesus. And if thou be the son of man, command these stones to be made bread. Jesus said what? Man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mind of God. This is your life right here. These 66 books, you're living by these words of God. Confidence. And that's what I think about that. And then what do you mean there's confidence? Uh, let me go. Uh, this scripture just popped up into my mind. The eighth chapter of the book of Romans. Everybody should know that scripture. I don't know. I guess I need to stop saying everybody should know it. <laughs> but this is the, more, the next part of confidence. God just laid it in my spirit right now. He says, one, there is therefore now. In confident people, no condemnation to them which are where? In Christ, in Christ Jesus, who do what? Walk, walk not after the flesh. But who do you walk after? But you're walking after the spirit. I ain't got to worry about being condemned because my subject, my thing that I'm chasing is spiritual. I'm walking after the spirit. Now, if you're walking out the flesh, then you don't have the confidence that we have. But because of what I'm walking after, I have confidence. Now, we, we're we not going to be a, a great length of time, but I want you to read this scripture with me. Verse number five. Verse five says, for they that are what? After, after the flesh. flesh do, mind. do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit mind, in other words, the things of the spirit. So, saints, how do you mind the things of the spirit? I want to hear from you guys. How do you mind the things of the spirit? You put your focus on those things that are spiritual. Awesome. You want to study the scripture, you want to get to know and commune with God, and the best way to do that, of course, is prayer and fasting, but you got to get in here and read mm, and study mm-hmm. and learn, and that's how you become knowledgeable of who God is and his purpose and his will for your life, and not your will for his life, mm. but you know, his will for your life. So the thing that came to mind to me is when you say... Um, you want to know the mind of God and how God thinks? Well, it's in the Word of God. So if you want to know more about God and you want to know more about the mind of God and you want to have the mind of God yourself, guess what? Read and study the Word of God. That tells you what God thinks, what we are. If we want to be Christ-like and we want to be like Him, then guess what? We got to read, study, and know the Word of God. We got to hunger and thirst after righteousness and the things of God. Amen. Mm. So I want to know more about, I want to, I want to have a, a, a spiritual relationship mm. with him. Amen. So I want awesome. to know him for myself. I want to experience him and know him for myself. All right, first lady. Verse five, I want you to look at this, this last part, or this scripture in, the, in its entire. They that are after the flesh do mind 
the things that they are after. Mm-hmm. And I said that intently because I want you to see what Paul is saying. If you're the thing that you are after mm-hmm. is the thing that controls you. It has your, it has actually control. You do whatever the flesh tells you to do because you're after the flesh and you mind or you obey the thing that you're after. So why did you say that? I said that because he's given us really a paradoxical situation here because you got flesh on one side, spirit on the other side. Now, look what he said, contradictory, or we call it contralateral, ipsilaterally. But they that are after, what does it say? The spirit. The spirit. Now, before we go any further, what connotation is denoted in the word spirit? This is a capital S. So what is that referring to? The Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So people that are spiritual are after things of the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. So it says they that are after the spirit, the things they mind, the things of the spirit. So that means that those that are after the spirit are those that are led by the spirit because they are after spiritual things. Now, this this is, you know, it's simple, but I wanted to make sure there's a clear understanding because he says right here, verse number nine, he contradicts, he gives me something that's almost inexplicable, unexplainable. Verse nine, now we're all breathing, but he says in verse nine, but you, saints, I'm appointed to every one of you, 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 you. Are not, what does he say? In the flesh. Mm -hmm. How can I not be in this thing that I was born in? So what the apostle Paul is saying, you are not in the flesh, but you are, what does he say? In the spirit. spirit. Because when you became saved, flesh died. You crucified flesh with fleshly lust and fleshly desires, and it died. And you stepped out of flesh into the spirit. Oh, I know, I know that's God. A new creature. Oh, now. So he, all of this here comes to mind because he said, they that are after the flesh, it hadn't died. It's not dead. It hadn't been crucified. Because when it's crucified, according to Galatians, we're going to turn to that in a few minutes. You're not yielding to the thing that is dead. Mm-hmm. And so we, when we talk about flesh, Pastor, for those that are um, that may body that, that may be not understanding when we say things of the flesh, you're talking about body, but you're also talking about worldly desires, mm-hmm. worldly things as well. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I want you to look at this right here. Galatians, the second chapter. We're just, we just going by the faith of God and the word that God is planting in my heart immediately. Mm-hmm. 
Galatians, the second chapter, verse number 20. Look at verse 20. He says, I am crucified with who? Christ. Christ. What is crucified? The flesh. The flesh flesh is signified as what? The body. Mm -hmm. But the apostle Paul calls flesh the old man. That's what he calls it. He calls it the old man. So he says right here in verse 20, he says, I am crucified with Christ. And when I died with Christ, I also was risen with Christ. At the same time, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but who? But Christ, but Christ liveth in me. That's a spiritual takeover. It's a takeover. And the life which I now live, where? In the flesh. I live it by the faith of the Son of God. So the life that we're living is only through Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ. Now, because he loves us. Let's look at Romans, the sixth chapter real quick. We're going to finish this and we'll be done. Romans, the sixth chapter. Verse number four. Verse four says, Romans six and four. Therefore, we are what? Buried with him by what? Baptism. Baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk how? In the newness of life. My walk is not in the old, but my walk is in the new. For if we have, verse 5, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his what? Resurrection. What should I know? Knowing this, we need to underline this, that our old man, verse 6, old you, old habits, old places, old people even, is crucified with him. What does crucified mean? Dead. (laughs) Done on the cross. It died on the cross. Is crucified with him. That what? The body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not do what saints don't serve sin we cannot serve two things you can't serve God and sin at the same time we have to serve one God so but what the apostle Paul says you're not in the flesh but you're in the spirit. Your life revolves around being in the spirit. When you're in the church, when you're on your job, your life should be in the spirit. And I was talking, and this is just me digressing. I got a a few seconds that I'm going to (laughs) usurp. 
I was talking to the, a patient today and the Lord, I remember what thing God said to me that I spoke to a patient. I was talking to a patient today and we were talking about the peace of God and she had been through a lot. I've known this patient for at least 20 years. Husband has passed away, went through death and destruction. And I began to minister to her peace. And I said to her, Jesus said, he said it in Luke, excuse me, John 14 and 27 and John 16 and 33. He said, my peace that I leave unto you, my peace that I give unto you give unto you the world can't give it to you he said I'm giving to you this and she looked at me I said I want to tell you something and she said what and the Lord put this in my spirit he said to let her know that her peace is a gift and it's an inheritance at the same time and I began to talk to her and I began to tell her that it's yours because of who you are it's not something that the enemy can take nor give to you it's a gift come from Jesus Christ, but it is your inheritance. It is your right to be at peace with God as a child of the kingdom, as a kingdom principle. My inheritance is to have peace with him. So I don't have to worry about the things that I go through. That peace is due to me. And we begin to feel the spirit in the room and we say, I said, well, Lord, let me take a breath here. And, you know, you have to shake your head and say, mm, 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 you know, and calm down. <laughs> but I thank God. Now, what is the significance of, a, of it being your inheritance, Pastor? And I want to say this, the significance of it being your inheritance. If you understand what an inheritance is, it is something that you have to claim. When someone dies and they leave you a will, there's a reading of a will and you have to claim the thing that was left to you. Jesus. Oh, that'll preach right there. You can sit there and allow the enemy to take the thing that's yours, but you can go and claim it in the name of Jesus and say, no, devil, this is my peace. You can't take it from me. It's mine. Jesus left it to me. It's my inheritance and it's got my name on it. And nobody can take the thing that God left for me to claim as mine. It's my peace. It's my healing. It's my deliverance. It's my breakthrough. Everything that Jesus left to me are the benefits of being in the kingdom is mine. And I'm going to leave that point. Amen. Tonight. Amen. We have to learn as children of God. If something is an inheritance, you claim it. You don't leave it on the shelf. You don't leave it in the lawyer's office. You go and you take claim and call said this is mine and nobody else can take what's mine. I don't care what anybody says. Jesus left it for me. Amen. And when he leaves it for you, all you got to do is go and show your ID. <laughs> What's your ID? The Holy Ghost and some blood. See that blood right there? I'm covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. And because I got the blood, I'm automatically at peace with God. I might have been afar off a long time ago, but when the blood came, I was at peace with God. I thank God. And quickly, once again, this has been another fireside chat and once again if you want to uh, join us you can join us every sunday morning at 10 30 socially distant and with your mask on and every wednesday night socially distant and with your mask on and watch us give god praise rehoboth 
God has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. God bless you. Somebody put your hand.